There you go, Mr. Kind Hollow. Uh, Ken Shadow. Right. Oh, well, just another 15 minutes, and you'll be ready to go. Fifteen more minutes? Max, I was supposed to be out of here hours ago. Yeah, well, there were some issues. <laughs> How can there have been that many issues? I came in here expecting to dock for an hour, and I've been here for five. And, I'll note, you keep insisting the repairs will be done in another fifteen minutes. Every time I ask you, for the last four hours. Hey, hey, buddy, keep it down, okay? We don't want... You, you don't... don't want what? Max! Is this Is that a complaint? Too late! Oh god, an angry customer, Max! I told you to call me immediately if there's an issue. Let's see the paperwork, okay. Alright, okay. Okay, Mr. Ken Shadow, I'm Pack Stax, and I can assure you that Stax Brothers Service Station LP, LTD, LLC, DBA, Detroit Discount Depot will do everything legally and contractually required to make sure that you're completely pacified. I, I just want my fracking chip. I've been waiting for hours. I, and, and I'm sure, as my brother has told you, pursuant to paragraph 4, section 2, that all repair times are merely non-binding estimates and are a secondary concern to proper repair execution. But he told me, he told me, you'd be done in an hour. Look, you brought it in with a crack in your cockpit canopy. That was just about to let go. And we took care of that right away, just like you wanted. <laughs> yes. I, I noticed I was sitting right over fracking there. That was four hours ago. Then we worked up a Detroit discount deep detail dossier. The trademark pending. On your ship systems, there were a few things that needed attention. Like what? I keep this ship running well enough. Well, the pads were worn down to on your landing gear. Yeah, okay, so... So you've got wheels now. Well, I suppose... What? And then there were your ailerons. I don't have ailerons. You didn't have ailerons. Uh, what am I gonna do with ailerons? This is a spaceship. And you never go in atmosphere? <laughs> of course I do. My engines are so fast the ailerons would just rip off. Yeah, we fixed that too. Fixed what? The engine! You made my engine slower? Nah. Going for something that specific was too much trouble. We just engineered it. What do you mean, engineered it? Well, we sort of just take her around with the random parts, you know. A valve here, an intake there. Usually something good happens. A Detroit Discount specifically denies having any control over a particular outcome. So let me get this straight. You've been experimenting on my ship's engine without my permission? Hey, you gave your permission. I did no such thing. Uh, paragraph 9, Section 3. Well, 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 give me that contract. And you also gave us the access code to your storage locker for some materials we needed. <laughs> Not likely. Nobody gets that. I would have remembered that, and psh, you don't want to see what's yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, occasional short-term memory loss is one common side effect upon regaining consciousness, which you acknowledged in paragraph I was not section. unconscious. Um, for a day or so you were. 
I think I would have remembered being unconscious. Not with the stuff we gave you. What did you just say? Uh, we've often found that inducing periods of involuntary catatonia or medically undersupervised quasi-comatose states pursuant to paragraph 14 significantly decreases the occurrence of violent outbursts okay. among oh, oh, people that okay. Have... okay, this has taken way too much time, and I didn't want any of this shit to begin with. Just take it all back and give me a refund. Paragraph 32, section 4, line 12, clearly states that once service activities, as defined in paragraph 2, section 10, line 27, have begun, no refunds shall issue from the... Look, buddy, I don't know who you think you are. I don't know what game you've been playing. If you think you're holding my ship hostage, I can tell you, I don't have any patience. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. And if you give me my ship now, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. But, um, we're, we're right here. Y you don't technically need to look for us, per se. I mean, because... You're across the Forget counter. that part. I, I, I usually give that speech over a comm channel. God, just, just give me my ship. Max, 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 the towel. Did you tell him about the towel? Oh, yeah. Every Detroit discount deep detail dossier. Trademark pending. Comes with a free towel suitable for wiping things. A towel? A very nice towel. It, it's monogrammed and very fluffy. You delay me and overcharge me <laughs> and and <laughs> and knock me out you, you chair up my ship <laughs> then you you offer me a, a towel <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. sure max I yeah guess. i mean yeah that's yeah sure sure yeah that's that's <laughs> genius everyone needs towels towels you case. Did you guys take Imperial Express? <laughs> My portrait thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me at the Grange Point 4. This is Control, be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Citizens, civs, captains, and commanders, you've tuned to the guard frequency. And as all good pilots know, when you're on the deep flak, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 180 of the Best Damn Space Him podcast ever, and is recorded on Friday, August 11th, and made available for download Tuesday, August 15th, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Kinchetto. And I'm Ostron. And in the audio booth this week, we have Tony. So, what do we have in store this week, Ostron? In this week's Squawk Box, we talk about the next space race. Next, we see what news from your favorite space sims has landed as we cover Star Citizen's burn down to 3.0 and ATV, along with the new Moby Glass, and Northwest meetups and more machinima goodness for Elite Dangerous. 
Finally, we tune into the very large feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. That takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on with the show and see what's coming through the squawk box. Any of you boys need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Jeff Zane, welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. Well, apart from the huge cloud of debris floating around in orbit, the most wasteful part of human space exploration at the moment is the rockets being used to get things into space. All of them are one-use-only contraptions. The most publicized attempts at creating a reusable launch vehicle are probably Elon Musk's SpaceX innovations, followed by Blue Origin, headed up by Jeff Bezos, and the United Launch Alliance put together by Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Success from these groups has been questionable so far. Now another contender wants to throw their hat in the ring. Roger Sawyer and his M-Drive, now fronted by his company Satellite Propulsion Research Limited. For those who don't remember from the last time we covered this, the M-Drive is a type of radio frequency resonant cavity thruster that supposedly produces thrust without propellant by making an electromagnet and a microwave become friends in odd ways. The latest version of the thruster, version 2, theoretically produces 3 tons, that's metric version, of thrust for every kilowatt of power. But that's not enough to get something into orbit. The company's version 3 of the thruster changes some of the parameters in order to produce more acceleration. The details are very mathy and physics heavy, so those interested should check out the article linked in our show notes. The M-Drive vehicle would be reusable, because without the need for propellant fuel it could use its engine to slow itself down on re-entry, preventing incineration from atmospheric compression. Sawyer also states that the thruster would be usable on intercity civilian transport vehicles. Without rotors or thrusters expelling fuel, it wouldn't pose a danger to power lines or buildings in cities. There's only one major problem that prevents people from jumping on this as the next big step in space travel. It doesn't work. Sawyer has only been able to construct one prototype of an earlier version of the M-Drive, and that only ran for a few minutes before it overheated. Boeing at one point contracted with Sawyer on the M-Drive but never put anything into production and they say they are not currently working with Sawyer or his company. They are also naysaying scientists that still insist the drive won't work because it violates that little thing called conservation of momentum. So far, unfortunately, the naysayers seem to be right. We're hoping the M-Drive provides a cleaner, more efficient method of traveling to and among the stars, but we're not putting any money on it. I'm a little confused on how the math works out for this thing when it Me doesn't too. actually. Uh, well, so are most of the like professional scientists that have looked into this, which seems to be the root of the problem. I mean, he's publishing all this stuff on his website, and I, I personally haven't taken a look at what he has there per se, but I would think that it, somebody would feel like peer reviewing it a little bit. Well, the guys in Texas, the other, the NASA guys, the Eagle Works, That's Cali- Sunny. They're, they're California. Uh, oh, I thought they were in Texas. Well, anyway, the Ameri- the Americans. They actually put a paper in a peer-reviewed journal that they published their experiments, and it was peer-reviewed, and it seems to have something going on. We talked about it. and Yeah, um, we have. We've covered this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, there were problems with that research, too, and lots of oh, people yeah. pointed out. Yeah, yeah. You and I argued about it for— yeah. A long time, as you and I are wont to do. Sure. Uh, but but it was but uh, it had like you couldn't di- completely discount it. Let's put it that way. But the numbers here, 
thousand kilograms of force, you know, almost 10,000 newtons of force for one kilowatt of energy, microwaves, like a microwave you would find in your house is a kilowatt of energy. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that I'm going to get 3,000 pounds of force. Ish, ish, ish. Where's my jetpack? That's what I want Exactly. Where's my flying car? I will strap a microwave to my back and then a copper bell on the bottom of that. And I'll fly, man. The the Tesla the Tesla batteries have many kilowatts in them. I mean, you should be able to put a one of these cavitation things on there on the bottom and just float that sucker everywhere. Bing. You know, this reminds me of that Deal Dash place. You know that auction place that you get uh, these things. It, it does. It's like all smoke and mirrors. It's like trust me when I say this, but I will guarantee you, you will get a top-of-the-line Samsung 8 phone for 36 cents. Yeah. It's the as-seen-on-TV of propulsion systems. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Everybody's got one in their garage. You know, it never actually really worked, but you thought it'd be cool. Your uncle gave it to you, like, for Christmas because he didn't know what you wanted, but it looked like a nerd thing, so he thought, hey, you know, he'll like that. Yeah, so I... Uh, I mean, I would love for this thing to work. Don't get me wrong. And enough people are still excited about the concept. And the peer-reviewed paper didn't completely kill it, I guess. So, I mean, it's there, but it's one of those extraordinary claims requiring extraordinary proof. It's the, We have just not seen that yet. I mean, and the, actually, I mean, so the M-Drive is actually, to me, almost the same thing as FTL. Uh, they both kind of violate basically the same laws uh, of, of physics and in in many ways if one, if one of these things comes to pass like someone can figure out how to how to do one of these things then it completely changes the world like if if you if the m drive actually worked then there's an entire branch of physics that we don't know about and like these article points out in the the, the flashy commercial video that goes along on that website you get you do get things like flying cars and like right. hovering cities or like, um, you know, Avengers-style aircraft carriers and, and things like that, right? Uh, yeah. It totally changes the, the world. And, and, you know, and we're just talking about propulsion. Like, what weird physics thing is this going to do in which, if this was real, this not only changes propulsion, it could probably change, like, all of our healthcare industry and things like that. Like, what are microwaves interacting with here that causes this energy to, for it to move. We don't know, right? This could be a new way of doing anti-surgical medicine or something weird like that, right? Yeah. I mean, supposedly it's interacting with the interior surface of the copper kettle drum thing, that there was the shape of the, the cavity creates an imbalance between the conical part and the base of it. And you have to shape the cavity just right and tune the microwaves just right or else it doesn't work. Yeah, but that's not that's not describing a mechanic, right? That's just describing things moving, but you still have to end up with a thrust in one direction. Right. Their point is, is that most of the things that we now sort of take for granted, we learned how to make it go first, and then we explained why later. You know, electricity, uh, magnetism. We, we knew about the effects of these things and could predict systems interacting with each other before we really understood, like, the whys and the wherefores, atomic theory, quantum theory, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're just trying to make it go. This is the pack-led from Star Trek version of how we're going to do things. We make it go first, and then we figure out why later. Read, seen, or heard something that youth might think is interesting to others listening on the spectrum? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. But for now, let's see what news is at the plate. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. The first 
latest edition of ATV's Ferndown debuted this week and revealed the current issues that are plaguing 3.0. Apparently, the QA department is having a glorious fun with the new code releases when the bugs showed up, which is offsetting the fact that they have a 10-page checklist to go through with each new build. At the time of ATV's debut, there were 90 issues remaining to be resolved. And that's after they managed to resolve 12 without creating side effect bugs. The 3.0 feature segment went over the updates and changes to the MobiGlass. As many people know, the MobiGlass is meant to be an immersive version of an in-game menu so people can access the same information as many of the other RPG MMOs without a game type interface. In this case, one of the updates was to implement two visual types of MobiGlass. One that blends with the civilian outfits and another one that fits better with the armor suits. Both are smaller than the original incarnation. The Mobiglass UI is also diegetically projected now, which means that when a person is using their Mobiglass, other characters in the area will be able to see the display. Making that a reality required that the Mobiglass have a simplistic design with mostly geometric shapes and basic color schemes. Another thing being revamped with the Mobiglass is the Mission Manager. In most respects, it will function like a quest log in most RPGs, but the discussion of it was noteworthy because they mentioned that down the line, there will be a screen for creating and posting missions, confirming that player-created missions are now part of the design goals. As with many features that are primarily visual, our breakdown here doesn't cover much of what was cool about the ATV segment, so we encourage our listeners to check out the actual show. Yeah, there, it was really neat where the way they talked about the UI and then you gleaned a lot of like other little facts off of that. Like uh, they mentioned that one of the reasons that it's diegetic is because that it's, that's what you need for a VR environment. And it's like, oh no, they're confirming VR again. Another cool thing that I, that I think a couple of people saw was that when you looked at like the HUD UI, that the uh, heart rate actually tied to the oxygen consumption. So your, the, the amount of oxygen time that you had in your suit was varying based on how, how much effort that your character was putting into it. I think they'd mentioned that feature back during when they were doing the big push about FPS, though. Like, I remember that being a whole discussion of their system is the, you know, the amount of activity you're doing will modify your physiology and then that will influence things like bleeding out and oxygen supply and yeah, but this is the, like this that. is the first time we've actually seen something where it's like, oh, that's how it's going to affect gameplay, right? Yeah, like you know, it's going to be hellion level of oh, amount of oxygen kind of crap. So that that's really interesting. Another one that I think people pointed out was that if you looked at the app screen, like they had it almost had kind of like a, oh, an iPhone icon kind of thing going on. One of the icons was an app store. So you'll be able to actually download new icons and stuff like that in the UI, which is neat. It would be nice if you can declutter your menu, because that's one of the things I've noticed with other games is if you get to a screen, if they even provide a screen that has all of the different options for accessing screens, you get the entire thing and you can't really reduce it down if there are particular screens you don't use as much. I heard, I, yeah, I heard a couple of people talking about that because you saw different icons for inventory management and like subcategories like ammo management. And uh, one of the popular theories was that uh, those were actually subcategories and you could actually pull some to the top based on, on how you wanted to, to configure your screen. 
Right, because if you're Tony and you never, ever want to shoot anyone out of your ship in any circumstance, you don't really need the ammo manager. Mm-hmm. No. This is a spaceship game. Why do I want a gun? <laughs> right. Well, I don't want a gun. I, I, I really wholeheartedly agree with Tony, but I'm also a pragmatist. And I realize that if while well, I'm going out to rescue somebody, I may need to shoot somebody before I can get to the rescue. <laughs> This whole game, in my mind, is the Han Solo video game. I mean, you want to be able to do anything that Han Solo can do, right? You want to fly the Millennium Falcon. You want to be able to shoot Greedo before he shoots you, right? You want to be able to, like, tell people off about the Wookiee. That, all of those things, right? And if you can't do everything that Han Solo did in Star Wars, then Star Citizen has failed. But I want, I want to be Wedge. That is... Can I be Wedge? Now you Han Solo guys shooting Greedo and whatnot. That's, that seems messy. That seems low class. I don't, let's not do that. Let's just fly spaceships. Let's just fly spaceships. Mos Eisley! It's the hive of scum and villainy. Exactly. He says it right there. It's It's Who wants that? It's your hometown. (laughs) (laughs) Our Star Citizen community question. What do you think of the progress with the Moby Glass? Are you excited about the news on player-generated missions? Send your reactions along to us. We'll tell you how in a moment. Not too much happening in the Elite Dangerous world this week as the devs prepare to roll out the 2.4 beta. The team is also preparing for their Frontier Expo in London, which they say is close to selling out. So it is good of them to announce yet another upcoming event. Jeff, pay attention, because they are hosting an official Frontier meetup August 31st in Seattle, Washington. Hooray! If guard frequency pays my way. (laughs) We'll rent a bike for you. They are holding this event in conjunction with PAX West, but not as an official event. Translation, you don't need a ticket to PAX to get into this event, but you do need to be over 21. So Jeff, be sure to bring your ID. No mention if stone tablets are accepted by the bouncers. In preparation for the 2.4 beta, Frontier is making some in-fiction moves to set the stage for whatever they've got planned for the bubble. According to the science fiction wire service, Galnet, Sirius Corporation has deployed two new outposts to assist with the, quote, mining operations in the Merope system. Regular listeners will recall that Merope is a system at the center of activity regarding the unknown artifacts and probes connected to the Thargoids. And spoiler alert, the Sirius Corporation is up to no good, according to the most recent Elite Dangerous novel by Drew Wagger. Nothing earth-shattering to report at the time of this recording, the day of the announcement, but clearly the stage is being set for the next um, stage. And finally, one of the finalists from Frontier's Control-Alt-Space video contest decided that once just wasn't enough. The sequel you didn't know you needed, Laser Cops in Pursuit of a Wizard, debuted on August 10th. Five minutes of action-packed buddy cop angry sergeant space wizard machinima goodness with a total twist cliffhanger ending awaits commanders on a YouTube channel near you. Interesting factoid, Tony just figured out that the guys behind the Laser Cop series are the same commanders that scored the trip to the James Webb Telescope Lab that we reported on a few weeks ago. He knew he liked those guys for some reason. So did you watch Laser Cops? Tell me, I put it in the Google chat for a reason, guys. I mean, let's we can take a break right now and watch Laser Cops. <laughs> I think that'd be a great I, team building exercise if we if we if we could do that. I, I would agree if I wasn't worried about how much feedback we have to get through. It's five minutes. You can't take five minutes, which tells me you didn't watch it. 
You didn't watch it, did you? Did no, I didn't watch it. Oh. I didn't traditionally watch Missionimus, but oh, they're so good. They're so they're they're funny. They're funny. Brian, did you watch it? I watched most of it. Watch the laser cops. Well, I didn't even know about it until you linked it in chat like an hour before the show. <sighs> yeah, but you're talking about the new one, right? This is the new one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. You just linked it. I haven't seen it before that. <sighs> Quality cinema is apparently lost on you guys. Just, just completely. This is this is top notch. Uh, 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 computer-generated cinema here. That's what I'm talking about. Ken's over it's here fun. giving me shit about not seeing it. It's like, nah, I'm talking about the new one. The new one, man. I haven't had time. It just came out yesterday, man. Quit harshing me, man. No, it's it's exactly the sort of thing I was hoping would happen when they released the new camera suite. Just people having a good time goofing around. And they happen to be the ones that are also making those educational videos that got them the ticket into NASA. So the camera works really good. The script is good. The sound is good. Everything about their their production is really. So what just you're telling notch. me, Tony, is if we quit this podcast crap and just go into Machinima, then we could get tickets to NASA. Is what you're saying? We could absolutely. We could absolutely get tickets to NASA, but we'd have to come up with a better idea than finding Voyager in the middle middle of deep space, and we'd have to come up with a better idea than Laser Cops, which I don't know that. I mean, we do pretty good with the sketches, but I don't know if we can top Laser Cops. No, we'll just, do we'll do Plasma Cops. Plasma cops. That's right. That's right. take that laser cops. We're like laser cops only better. <laughs> I, I, I want to do. I, I got something better than plasma. I want to do pew pew cops. Pew pew cops. We, I think we got to change both words. So we'll do pew pew police, and then you pew, have pew like, police. There we there. go. That's right. There we pew, go. Pew, pew, pew police. police. There it is. There, I like there it. it is. Yeah. That's right. That's our that's that's our parody of a parody. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Watch out. I'm, I'm Watch gonna out, go laser on record. Cop. I will edit. Any scripts that are written, I will not author them. <laughs> will you voice them? Is the real question. Uh, I'm not one of our better voice actors. Oh, but... he's bowing out. He's he's trying to backpedal. He's trying to get away. Get, get your hands off my fruity odie bar! I think I think all the characters should be. I'm gonna call the pew pew police. Get your they're hands all, off my fruity odie bar! They're all variants of the fruity odie bar guy. <laughs> That's right. You, this is no. This is really taking me back now. This was because that, remember that. Uh, that PSA we did with yeah. Jeff when he was like, oh, the drug guy. Oh, he's totally calling the Pew Pew Police. Yeah, that guy's calling the Pew Pew Police. That's yeah. right. That's what we're going to do. All right. So everybody go watch Laser Cops. That's the, that's the, that's the big elite dangerous news for the week. Uh, everything else, we're just waiting for the beta. And that will bring us to this week's community questions. Anybody want to chaperone Jeff at the Seattle Frontier Shindig? Who's on the edge of their seat for Laser Cops 3, the Enlasering? Do you want in on pre-production of our new Machinima series, Pew Pew Police? Tell us through the usual ways, details to come. But now it's time for news we didn't use. August subscriber player, a set of blueprints has been released for qualified backers of Star Citizen. No Man's Sky is releasing update 1.3. The update adds 30 hours of story gameplay, as well as improved crafting, scavenging, and even a pseudo-multiplayer feature they're hoping to expand in the future. Tony will play and report next week. Eve Valkyrie now has Oculus Touch support, but without the motion sensors, as the devs feel the controller's accuracy isn't good enough. Also, you can't cancel a missile lock, so good luck with that. Why is no more? I mean, seriously, why is no more sky and updates in here? I mean, they're trying, Jeff. They're trying. 
they are trying. There's just not that many games where you fly a spaceship, and they're adding plenty of content to the game. So why not? Why not, Jeff? Why wouldn't you have it in here? Because it's like calling rice noodles Italian pasta. You know, you know, Jeff, sometimes sometimes we want to eat Boca de Beppo, and then sometimes mm. we want to eat Top Ramen. You know, who says that they both don't have a place in this world? I do happen to like both of those things. I haven't had Buca de Pepo in a long time. I know. Long time. It's not, now you're making me hungry. Mm. Now I'm starving. We got a nice family, family style sized lasagna. Oh my god, yes. We sh- oh, and the chicken Alfredo. Mm. Oh. So this whole thing with the E Valkyrie Oculus Touch support, I don't understand that at all. Why? Why even bother? The Oculus comes with an Xbox controller, and without the motion sensors, it's the same thing as an Xbox controller. So why would you do that? I. Uh, that's a fantastic question. Uh, well, Eve Valkyrie is still one of all, the only high-fidelity games that has VR support with Oculus Rift, so they're probably trying to make it as compatible with the hardware as possible, even if it's, it's not... token effort. Like, yeah. Well, I, I, Henry still loves playing Elite with a joystick set up, so... Now that we're all caught up with the latest news, let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he was impressed when CIG revealed Gary Oldman. But then he remembered, we have Jeff Olderman. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. The recap of last week's community questions. For Star Citizen, what was your reaction to the delay announcement? Do you think the ATV information is necessary, or a smokescreen? And for Elite Dangerous, will you be firing up your Beta Chameleon to test the Karma system in Elite? Are you excited about the new Fungus Among Us? Uh, so, as happens when we comment on CIG's production schedule, uh, we received a tremendous amount of feedback from our listeners, and we thank you all dearly for it. Well, we thank most <laughs> of you for it. Um, but given the sheer volume, we did have to cut some of it out, and some of the stuff that we are using may have parts omitted. So we apologize in advance if you feel that we excised a particularly poignant part of your feedback. It's an oversight we hope not to repeat too often. Except if we get lots and lots of feedback from all of our customers. For example, we had from Reddit a... A, 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 the entire smorgasbord, the entire spectrum, a full gamut of replies uh, from discussion, including but not limited to CIG communications, uh, guard frequency, thinking you know delusionally that we're on broadcast radio, uh, the Oxford comma, uh, how right we are, how wrong we are, the size of the stakes we should be burned on, why we hate everything good in the world. Uh, okay, maybe not the last two. But Stuart GT mentioned the wheel of star controversy and the various types of people that are a part of the Star Citizen community. And that was actually going to be a topic uh, of our regular discussion last week, but it was cut for time. We actually had to delete the community question uh, that we were going to ask on air. So, you know, special treat for all you people that listen to the Twitch stream or get our uh, live show as a Patreon perk. Um, you, you heard us edit that question out of our community question. So we're going to talk about it this week. And what it is, uh, we'll include a link in our show notes, but it's a it's, it's like a, a spectrum wheel. It's a color wheel that, that ranges from uh, insincere on the one side to, full circle, insincere on the other side. But in the middle is where it's interesting. We have, uh, starting on the uh, uh, left-hand side, insincere people who follow Star Citizen who are just out for a laugh and to troll everybody. Then there's the dark space, 
which uh, people who despise the project, who despise CIG and everything about them and wish nothing but you know malice and doom upon them. Then there's the, the sincere but dissatisfied, and they're the ones that maybe have or like the project once upon a time but have clearly had their faith shattered uh, and no longer want anything to have anything to do with the project. Then there's we kind of go to the middle. In the middle parts, we have doubtful. People that don't think it's going to happen, the project is probably not going to succeed, but don't necessarily have any ill will about it. It's just not going to happen. Right in the middle, there's the middle ground who would like to see things succeed, but we're, the, the evidence, maybe, maybe not. We'll probably get something, but not what was promised, maybe. Then we start tipping over to the more positive side, where there's a hopeful category, is aware of the problems, but still thinks it's going to be okay. We go a little further on to the right where we get the sincere people who are very trusting of, of CIG management, uh, are very involved in the day-to-day um, uh, progress reports, and think that everything's on track and is going to be okay. Let's just have some faith and wait it out. Then we go to like the hyperdrive people. And these are the ones that are completely, completely sure that everything is going to be great, and they are absolutely willing uh, to go on the attack against people who have anything bad to say about Star Citizen or CIG. And there's the people that are on the other insincere end, just completely off uh, off, the, off the rails, usually possibly for some kind of perhaps trade-off or quid pro quo or because their livelihood is somehow tied to CIG um, doing things or maybe it's one of those uh, uh, article factories that we've kind of spotted once or twice in the past. Uh, so that's the other, the other half of the insincere, the other side of the insincere, the ones that are just doing it for gain of some kind. So that's the wheel, right? That's the, that's the, the spectrum as, as some guy on the internet has put it together. And we thought that was fascinating. So we may be applying that analysis to some of the feedback we got coming up right now. Before we move on to the actual feedback on the wheel itself, kind of want to classify myself. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I think I, I kind of vacillate between being a believer and being an evangelist. Okay. Um, I think I think most of the time I'm a believer. I don't think I've ever gotten to the point where I think the project was going to fail. So I don't think I'm ever at the point where I would say I'm an agnostic. But I don't necessarily always spread the word either. And I have had definitely periods in the first year or so that I was a fan where I was like really big on spreading the word and, and doing all that stuff. And I just kind of toned it down over over time, right? So I think I still think I'm in, still in the believer, firmly in the believer. Yeah, that's, the, that's like the uh, just past the middle. Just past the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah just past the okay. middle. Okay. I mean, and on the positive does side. Does anybody else feel like sharing? Sure, I, I will share. I would classify myself as a believer. The, the description is generally confident in the project, but willing to question poor decisions and protest the very worst of them. That's me, to a T. I actually have to say I'm probably at the skeptic level. So that, that's, oh, that's wow. still in the middle. Hang on. Oh, hitting that's still in the middle, but it's the one closest to the, 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 the doubter one. So, yeah. Okay. All right. You can stop. Yeah, I just, I just yeah. think at some, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit just so everyone isn't giving me sidelong glances for the rest of <laughs> time. But I'm mostly focusing on the, the part where it says it might succeed on more modest terms. I just, I don't think that the eventual product that gets released is going to have everything that they've been promising. Maybe eventually, but I don't think on release it's going to have the majority of the stuff that they have been talking about. That's fair. It depends on what you, it depends on what you mean, I guess, to the end of the day. And this is all kind of fuzzy crap anyway, but it depends on what you mean by like what, what was promised. 
right? Yeah. Because there are multiple levels of promises in Star Citizen, and I think, and I can see where you can you would be at a point where you think they're definitely not going to get to X, Y, or Z. So therefore, I'm I'm skeptical about uh, the end incarnation of the project, and you know, classify yourself in that regard. So I, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm gonna uh, as as the fourth as the fourth and final one here. I'm gonna put myself sort of in the category with Ostron, but more towards the middle of the uh, the agnostic. At this point, I am mostly following along here, uh, just as a as an exercise in sort of like uh, watching uh, uh, management at work. Right. I got onto this project because I was really excited about the Star Citizen, the multiplayer thing. But I'm an elite now and really enjoying myself. So my need for that sort of game is pretty much taken care of for me. I'm, I'm cool with it. So with Star Citizen for me, if that universe ever gets off the ground, great. But I'm okay if it doesn't because I've already got a game I'm enjoying. So I'm kind of, I kind of jump over between uh, where Ostron Skeptical is and in the middle. It'd be great if they eventually get it all out there. Maybe by then I'll be bored of Elite or Elite will be shutting down in five or six years or however long it takes for Star Citizen to finally be released. But, um, you know, uh, but in the meantime, I'm interested in watching the process work. And I com- I'm kind of with Ostron that I bet we'll see something that's not quite everything that was sold and maybe it'll, it'll evolve. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the Reddit stuff, right? Yeah. Talk talk. Tell us about Reddit, Kinshadow, because you were all over the place. So on that. yeah, as 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 your description of Reddit kind of summarized that we it was really all over the place, and we had a number of arguments between redditors on how negative we really were in the podcast. And I actually even listened to it just today and was like, was I really that negative? And I didn't, and, and I don't agree agree with some of the people that, for instance, uh, mentioned that we were just as bad as the Escapist. And I don't want to mention that person by name, but we did. We did have a couple of points from people. Uh, there's one called uh, Hokasi, and there was a guy named uh, Civil Chaos, and they both uh, were. You know, had a, we had a bit of a back and forth about you know how negative people are, you know, and are you are you know are you cynical because the project's been dragging on and, and things like that. And um, they made they made a couple of good points not to, to rehab not to get it verbatim. But at the end of the day it, it seemed like we, we settled on, okay, delays happen, things happen, and you know, we try not to be more negative than, you know, we really have to be. Some other people mentioned, you know, they let guard frequency for a while and and weren't listening for, for one reason or another. Um, but I think I think again for some of these people, I think it's less about that we're being particularly negative. At least this is my my um, my feedback to them. Um, but that some of the news that we're covering is just not as as positive as, as it sometimes you know could be. Back in the day, it was sometimes more fun because more stuff was happening. Yeah, when you were just guessing at everything, and there was no releases, and there were no release dates, and things like that. Everything's going to be. Fun. We loved the game and, we and, were building. And, Exactly. And if yeah. you're going to compare us to some other podcasts out there, there are some other podcasts that simply sugarcoat literally everything they tell you. And we really try not to be that podcast. We try to be realistic about everything. And while we're still, even Ostron, the devout skeptic, is, is still a fan, I would assume, of the game. And, and therefore, you know, we, we still do this because we like this genre, and we like these games, and we want to see them succeed at the end of the day. Here, here. One last thing... Headclot mentioned that uh, lots of other games have delays and are, in fact, famous for them, including Todd Howard and Peter Molyneux and even Sean Murray from No Man's Sky. And, uh, you know, I made the point where, you know, we, we give No Man's Sky all sorts of hell, especially Jeff, but um, <laughs> it is true that many games have, have delays. And, and some of this is, is uh, in effect, a 
problem when you're trying to marry an engineering process to an artistic sensibility. You know, people try and change their minds about things, and that breaks systems, that breaks engineering processes. But at the same time, these are not people doing open source projects. These are not people doing open development projects? Open development projects, there you go, where everybody can see them and, and you need to be conscious about what you communicate to people, especially in those things. In those, and that, that, I think that's where we draw the, the distinction between traditional game developers and the, the star citizen system. Yeah. And I think that's the end of my summarized Reddit feedback. And sorry if I didn't get to your specific point. We want to thank everybody that went to the Reddit, the subreddit, and commented on us. We got good feedback. We got feedback we could do without. But we really enjoyed the engagement, and we thank everybody for taking the time to give us their two cents. Uh, really appreciated it and was pleasantly surprised at the overall high quality that we got from uh, the comments. So thank you all for, for, for jumping in. Even the negative comments provided a, a good form for discussion and, and uh, arguments. That Cooper fellow, smokescreen. Gee, disc loss. That's a solid point about Chris Roberts' perfectionist tendencies being entirely related to how things look on screen. And not on whether things are fun or good game balance, or even if it's playable for longer than five minutes before crashing to the desktop or falling through level geometry. Judging from his past history and what he's revealed through CIG's relentless marketing assault, Robert seems like a weird combination of obsess obsessive micromanager and disinterested executive. If you're making a leather jacket for NPC, he'll hover over your shoulder all day and telling you about it and make you redo it three or four times. But if you're working on the netcode or wondering exactly how trading is going to work, he's got nothing for you and no real vision for what's going to be fun for players. Okay, so I'm going to comment on this really quick, because I think he's, he's kind of uh, taking a comment that I made and making it somewhat uh, hyperbolic. I think, obviously, Chris Roberts does care about the, the, the actual fun, and I think he has some specific things that he wants to see in the gameplay at a macroscopic level. Um, and then he basically hired Tony Zurevic to do the micromanagement of the gameplay elements, specifically in the PU. Chris Roberts, I think, visions his roles much more like he did in his movies, where he is a director and he sets kind of a tone and a direction for a lot of these game level implements. And as long as you're, you're following the vein in, in, the, in the game direction and it looks good, which is back to the whole looking point, then he's cool with it. And, and I think that's where he's coming from. But he does explicitly trust specific people in the handling in order to get those, those directions that he's trying to give. And that's where, again, Tony Z and such come in. So, skeptic? Um, I actually thought he was probably a believer because he's only got one specific okay. gripe, not not about the project. That Cooper fellow was a skeptic. Yeah, Cooper yeah. fellow was a skeptic. Yeah. Elwick wrote in and said, Thanks for the show. I don't think the delays and time Star Citizen is taking is at all a ploy, but my heart tells me that the announced unreachable dates are part of the marketing machine. A necessary evil machine? Mm. I'm thinking evangelist. Well, no, I, I, he's probably either believer or agnostic. I want to say I'm pegging on believer. Believer, I think. Mm. Commander Akrosi writes in and says, While the Star Citizen delay announcement isn't necessarily surprising, I do share your feelings that better estimates should be given. I strive to have different targets for my team than what I communicate to project stakeholders, so when unforeseen complications push us back, the delay is either non-existent or less severe. I'm not saying that's what should be done, but players shouldn't expect a delay more than a target to be met. 
Regarding the Elite Beta, I will definitely be doing all I can to give feedback on the new Crime and Punishment Karma system. I love playing in open and meeting other commanders. However, the lack of any consequences for griefers and or those who murder senselessly is wholly disheartening and pushes many into private groups or solo. I don't intend to say that playing in private or solo is somehow inferior. I do it myself. However, I'm confident that the addition of a system ensuring consequences for destroying my unarmed trading ship or griefing new or inexperienced players will go a long way to improving enjoyment of the game and community as a whole. Plus, I'm a sucker for new decals. So way to go, Commander. Excellent feedback on, on that. And I think that you're going to be... I think you're, you're probably with me. You're like agnostic about this. You're in your middle there. Kind of there. Preachman writes in and says, I was really disappointed that 3.0 got delayed again, but not surprised and not upset. Just disappointed. While I haven't backed as long as the Immortal one, I've been up with the project long enough to fondly remember where the f*** is the dogfighting module <laughs> segments. Classic. So not surprised and not upset. I like the ATV coverage and hope that they will serve the same purpose as the blocker reports of yore. I am not worried because we've always had to wait extra long to get releases and they've always been fun to play when we finally get them. At least, eventually. That's a believer. That's a believer. Yep. Yeah. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Love the show, everyone. I expect delays at this point. Disc loss and Acrosi also have some very good points. I think Sean Newboy's a believer. I think so. Yeah, his his previous comments through the Well, we believe in him, that's that. for sure. Hell yeah. We've got a, a pretty good but long post from Proxy Thoughts, but uh, let me j uh, dive into it here. He says, I would like to posit a new item to the list of why they're missing goals. Intentional obfuscation. What I mean by that is a calculated risk weighing how much they will annoy or anger fans over when the planned dates fail, purely in hopes of keeping people busy enough not to remember all the stuff they've quietly removed from the schedule. Or, an even better example, the phenomenon of CIG's continuing erratas to the 3.0 timeline and everyone bleeding out their dissatisfaction with yet another slide while not even thinking about the first chapter of Squadron 42 that was promised. And wait, look, that's not on the schedule anymore. And it hasn't even been whispered about since they failed to deliver it almost a year ago and yanked it, quote, at the last minute. Which I would expect to mean it was very close to complete. Uh, in reality, not that special Chris Roberts tense. No matter the case, even if all the dates they put forward were earnest, which I am certain they are not, CIGs and especially Chris Roberts' projected dates are about as reliable as your average weather forecast, which puts the predictions on a solid running with your local palm reader or that toll-free number you can call to buy, you know, Jesus' lotto numbers. The point is that all these cases you can bet on one thing. It's all an elaborate ruse to net in your money. I would also like to make sure you guys know that I'm no smartest, and as frustrated as I am with all of this, I still eagerly await the release of Squadron 42 and eventually Star Citizen. And boy, was that cathartic. You're welcome, Proxy Thoughts. That's what we're here for. I, I think he's he's on the wheel with me over yeah, in this Yeah, I mean, I'd area. like to push him a little farther over because he seems kind of angry. But the fact is, his closing line says, I mean, he's with a lot of us. We just want the game. Just hand us a game at some yeah, point. Yeah, he, he could also yeah. be agnostic. Yeah. To, to one point, though, in his, in his thing is that he mentioned the whole Squadron 42 first chapter part. I, I don't think that was actually what was being finished uh, last year. I think it was last year was the vertical slice that was going to show different kinds of gameplay at CitizenCon. 
Uh, I don't think they ever claimed that everything else was was going to be done. I don't there. remember to be honest, but I mean, but it, it 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 does rankle a little bit. I mean, Squadron Forty Two is what a lot of people went in for. Jeff, you 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 were looking for your Wing Commander sequel, right? When you first heard of this? Yeah, yeah, that's what when I first heard of this, that's what I was looking for was Wing Commander yeah. sequel. Silent Hunter writes in and says, "I don't care anymore. I have other games to play. When it comes out, I will play it, but I'm not counting the days." That sounds pretty skeptic to me. Mm-hmm. Bree Serena writes in and says, While I do ride the hype train a lot with this game, I have a more measured approach than some in this community. I want 3.0 to come out ASAP, but I also know that this community is very fickle, and if it is a buggy, unstable mess upon release, the vocal minority and crappy game journalists will rip CIG a new one. So within that context, I prefer CIG take their time to make the release as stable as they can make it to avoid such drama. All the delay screaming currently happening now will wash away once 3.0 is out and stable, only to return for the next big update or release. Honestly, I thought it was pretty funny and sad that CR had to basically take the community over to the side and have a powwow with them about scheduling and internal estimates. We, the community, seem to not have the ability to be reasonable or rational when it comes to the information that CIG provides. We ask for more, and when they deliver, with caveats, we lose our minds when something is not met, added, or changed. As always, you all are doing a great job, and keep doing what you guys do best. Mm. Evangelist? Uh, evangelist? Mm. Middle, yeah, I'm, no, I was middle, thinking evangelist. Middle ground? I was thinking more, put more on the believer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, somewhere in there. Tabascoid writes in and says... Everyone who worked on large-scale projects knows that these things are living entities with an evil master plan to drive everyone involved in the project crazy. It is impossible to be prepared for every possible roadblock ahead. The project management triangle is a concept that exists for a reason. Delays aren't an issue under normal circumstances, but with this level of detailed transparency that SIGGIT provides the backers, they will always have a problem that some backers are losing patience and doubt decisions made by SIG that they would never become aware of with every other development studio or company. Another issue is that some backers doubt the decisions made by SIG without knowing all the facts that led to these decisions. It's like telling a friend that she needs an inflatable pool from a specific company and that she has to place it on the second floor of the northern corner of the kitchen without knowing if she needs a pool, if she had any room for a pool, having a house, having a second floor, etc. Transparency comes with a price and SIG pays it with every additional information and explanation they give backers when it comes to changes and estimations, aka delays. I'd say Tabascoid is a, is a evangelist, possibly a believer, probably Somewhere in there. an evangelist. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, and uh, the piece de la resistance we hear from Derek. He says, see, the thing about your podcast is that the opinions spark and warrant reasonable discussions unlike the Star Citizen Spectrum slash Reddit hug boxes smiley face. And so cute that you guys still think a, quote, game is ever going to come for this. Wait for what comes next. It's completely unprecedented. Two weeks. Where are we going to put Derek on the wheel? Where are we going to put Derek on the wheel, do we think? Do we think? Do we th- I don't know. This was a trick. This is the know. trickiest one yet. This is the trickiest one yet. Trickiest. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a, take a week and think about it. We'll, we'll cover that one next week. But... Let me just say, for the record, the feedback from uh, and the conversations I've had with this particular listener have actually been rather pleasant, I have to say. So, Derek, keep listening. Thanks for being a fan. I look forward to more 
really rather pleasant interactions and discussions with you in the future. In general feedback, Memphis wrote in and said, Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time caller, Memphis, about Elite Dangerous and kind of sort of Star Citizen. As far as Frontier selling shares to a Chinese company, I think you're overlooking a very obvious situation. And that's going to be their ability to go in and change the game according to the Chinese censorship laws without losing their player base in that country. I would almost bet money you will never see a Chinese player on the Western servers. Interesting. I'm not familiar with Chinese censorship. Yeah, I mean, there's some things you're not allowed to refer to in China. Like, one thing is time travel. You can't do time travel in China. Skulls yeah. are another big thing. Skulls. You can't show representations of right. human skeletons Why in any form. Why is time travel censored? Because, please, if anybody wants to tell me I'm wrong about this, my understanding of it is is that the, in the Maoist, communist understanding of the world, it's a progressive march toward the Communist Party being the apex of human you know, social organization. So anything that would involve going back in time to change how that march progresses would be against you know the, the Communist Party sort of leadership. I, that's my understanding. I could be wrong, but that's why. That's so so many generations that haven't seen the glory that is Back to the Future. That's that's I, horrible. Or Doctor Doctor Who, Who even. Oh man. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Or like the Star Trek uh, one where they go back with the whales. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, a lot's missing. But I mean, Elite Danger should be pretty safe because there's no time travel there. So yeah. yet. <laughs> Jason Smith sent a picture in and a little comment. It says, any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. We brought this up early on in the podcast. This is a Mustang with no legs and no engines and no wings sitting on a landing pad. It's, it's balanced on its turret, I think, or something like that. So apparently landings, we, you know, we were criticizing the Mustang for a long time. Apparently it's not a problem. It's just fine. No new Patreon this week. And the random winner of the week is Jamie Moran. Yay! Yay. And this week's community question, what do you think of the progress of the Moby Glass in Star Citizen? Are you excited about the news on player-generated missions? Anybody want to chaperone Jeff at the Seattle Frontier Shinding? Who's on the edge of their seats for Laser Cops 3, the enlasering? Do you want in on the pre-production of our new Machinima series, QQ Police? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you'll find on our website and over on our Facebook page. So, how was the show? Is our signal received loud and clear, or are we just theoretically firing our radio waves into a resonance cavity? Either way, let us know. Here's how you can get in touch with us. Why not leave us a comment on this show's post over at GuardFrequency.com? Or hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak, or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. You can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 180 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 181 on August 22nd, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. But that's not all. You can also subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come over and join us at 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Drop us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. And you can also support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. For just $1.25 a week, you'll get access to the raw recordings of our live shows, some guard frequency goodies, and an invitation to our private Elite Dangerous flight group. 
we want to thank all of our Patreons who support us with their subscriptions week on week, and hope that you'll consider making a regular contribution, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Hey you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Well, we're active in most space sims and would love to have you come join us. You can find us over at discord.guardfrequency.com. And don't forget about our sister production, Priority One. They cover all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to track them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Our thanks go out to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster. Our artists, Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards. Our staff writer, Jace Pintad. And of course, our audio engineer, Mikey. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. The most publicized attempts at creating a reusable... And another that fits better with the armor, th- armor th- Armathuth. <laughs> it's the Armathuth. Is that a is that a Sean artisanal thing? <laughs> it's artisanal Armathuth. You guys um, don't know what you're talking about. Just no, that's not a thing. <laughs> artisanal Armathuths are not coming in 3.0. Don't don't raise people's <laughs> expectations. Ken said that Wedge Antilles was packing heat planet side. Well, Kent, that may be correct, but how many times did you see him shoot anything in the movies? Zero. He shot people in the extended universe, I think. Yes, quite a bit. Well, as we all know, those aren't real anymore. Thank you. Thank you, Mouseketeers. <laughs> I'm just pissed off. That old man, I, you know, no matter how many people he just pissed off last week with our show title, I just pissed off like 14 times that amount by, by bringing that up. They are holding this event in conjunction with PacWest. Pac, Pac. That's wrong. Serious Corp has... De- Okay. Five minutes of action-packed buddy cop, angry sergeant, space wizard, machinima goodness with a total twist cliffhanger ending awaits commanders on a YouTube channel near you. Wow, and you yell at me about running. (laughs) But you pulled it off. That was good. It was really good. Which puts the predictions on solid running with your local palm reading. And our random winner of the week is Jamie Moran. Congrats. Let's try that one again and call him Jamie Moran, not Jamie Moran, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to get a lot of feedback right by itself. That's a whole subreddit right there. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to put Jeff on a wheel. (laughs) The wheel of Jeff. (laughs) Are you excited about the news on player-related... 